Hello, hunting family. Welcome to Tracks and Tackle, the podcast where we explore the wonders of the wilderness and the thrill of the hunt, along with the joys of fishing. I'm your host, the Arrow Eagle, and I'm joined by my co-host today, the Hollywood Horse. Today, we want to take an opportunity to introduce ourselves to you and share our passion for the great outdoors. So without further ado, let's dive in. Thanks, Air Eagle. I am so thrilled to be part of this exciting journey with you and our new hunting family and just share our, our love for the for nature and the outdoors and to just share that with those around us. So this new platform gives us a, a wider selection of how we get it out there. Let's start off by sharing some of our backgrounds and kind of what led us to creating this podcast. So how did your love for hunting in the outdoors uh, begin, Air Eagle? Well, you know, you know this, but I was born into a family of outdoorsmen, um, you know, following my dad's footsteps and, and my older brother. Um, they've taught me what I know about the outdoors. And so uh, ever since I was a young boy, I, even before I was old enough to hunt, you know, I was practicing shooting my bow, you know, anytime that they were doing outdoorsy type stuff, I'd want to be involved. I'd want to tag along. And so... I think like every moment's a teaching moment and I, I, what's really important to me is, you know, the next generation, like I love seeing like fathers teach their sons and passing on the hunting legacy. Um, so when I see that, I think it's really important. And I think like nowadays there's less and less kids getting outdoors, even if they don't hunt or fish, they're, you know, they're hauled up in the bedroom playing video games and, and stuff like that. So I think it's really important to pass on knowledge. And so I get excited when there's, you know, young teenagers that are excited about hunting and, um, you know, they have the time to invest in it, but maybe they don't have that, that role model or that father figure in their life to pass on the knowledge like I received and you as well, you know, as we grew up. So um, when you have that younger generation that's interested, we want to do shows like this that will allow us to pass on knowledge, basic understanding. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm by no means am I an expert on hunting and outdoors, but uh, the reality is I've been around this all my life. Uh, I do it for fun and the pleasure of, you know, enjoying nature and being outside. So um, I got started because I was born into it. You know, they, like they say, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're, we're doing the podcast because we want to create a family or community of people that are just like us, blue collar guys. You know, we both work 40 hours a week. Uh, we all have our jobs, but uh, whenever, every chance we get, we want to be outdoors. And, uh, so that's, that's what it's about for me. It's what led me to start recording I'm thinking about like the first time that I actually started recording uh, a deer with a cell phone, you know, just sitting in my stand. The deer wasn't big enough to shoot. And I started recording it versus, uh, you know, harvesting that animal and uh, something clicked. It's like, this is, this is really fun. Yeah. We've, we've definitely come a long way. Yeah. So uh, that's where it started for me. I just, I, I love the experience of being outside. I'd rather be outdoors than indoors. And what's really important to me is seeing the next generation embrace that versus uh, what we see too much of too often. You know, you just see kids that 
they don't have that experience. They're missing out on something that we had, you know, as we grew up. So yeah, it's almost a, a lost art, just the way uh, society is going. And um, we become more and more dependent on going to the grocery store and others providing for us. So I think it's a, definitely a lost art and it's very important to just be self-sufficient. So it's something as I'm been getting older and more involved uh, with hunting and fishing is knowing that, you know, if the world falls apart, I don't need to go to a grocery store. I can hoof it out to the top of the woods or, you know, crawl through some briars to get to that honey hole by the stream. But uh, just being being independent. But yeah, as, as a kid, I can remember, you know, going out in the cold for a few hours. It sucked. I, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to survive and outlast, you know, that, that dad would walk down with his, his headlamp and, you know, get me out. So, you know, I could say, you know, dad, I, I did it. It was, it was yeah, more, right. so, more so about impressing him rather than doing it for myself. But, you know, I, I made plenty of walks of shame or, you know, I was, I was just bored. So I headed down the hill. But as I'm getting older and older and kind of seeing the process rather than just the kill, it's more about filling up the freezer and being a provider. Well, your dad, um, he's poured a lot of his hunting knowledge into my life. And a lot of what I know is because of what he's taught me. And um, I think of whenever I first started hunting, if you ask him, he'll tell you it was the best hunting land this side of the Mississippi. He's that, filled with stories. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he would tell, tell you that there's a deer behind every tree. And I know, just like what you were saying about sitting out in the cold and just trying to brave it out, I would get cold and I wouldn't sit long enough to see the deer. And so what I would end up doing is, you know, we would be out in the middle of nowhere, acres upon acres, hundreds of acres of woods. And uh, we'd go out and we would camp. And um, your, your dad would go and he would set me in a place and tell me just to sit still and the deer would come through. And uh, I would get cold. And so what I would do is I would, to warm up, I would just get up and I would start walking, like logging roads and, and things like that. And um, it's really interesting because... Even doing that as a young guy, I saw deer. And I think that's key for like young people getting interested, whether it's fishing or whether it's hunting. Like if you go out and you fish all day and you don't catch anything, I enjoy that now. Like I don't mind. But when you're young, if you're seeing deer, if you're catching fish, uh, you get hooked. Yeah. And so that's, that's part of the, uh, the love of this. What, what really got you started, your love of hunting? So the love of hunting kind of as I tied in, you know, just as a youth, uh, just getting outside of the house, um, the part of the family being, uh, you know, part of that culture. And as, it, as I've grown older and uh, matured, I think uh, what I realize is, you know, we have a tradition every year uh, for rifle opener and archery during the rut, we go for a week. But, you know, just some of the memories with, with family made in that tiny little cabin, you know, we, we definitely had some good laughs, laughs there and, you know, it could be something small such as our, our dice game or the cards or, you know, watching the Western before bed if the service allows it. But um, I, do, I guess just kind of getting out of there and having uh, those memorial hunts, the memorable hunts of, you know, when you kind of struck out, you're on your last straw and one kind of comes through the brush when you're not expecting it you can uh, lay that trigger down and make it take a dirt nap but just how how rewarding the sport is is uh kind of what got me hooked in the hunting and i'm this year more than ever i'm i'm ready to get out there i'm i'm fired up uh, 
got my bow out. I've been practicing with that. I'm about to go to one of these uh, 3D techno hunts, shoot the screen for a little bit. They're fun. Yeah. A, a, a big thing for me, too, is a personal goal. Uh, I haven't got one with my compound yet. As a kid, you know, we, you talked a little bit about those mistakes about being cold and, you know, going for a walk. Well, right. mine would always be I'd be antsy and, you know, I'd rush a, rush a shot on. There's definitely a, a couple I should have laid down. But regardless, I never got one with the compound. And my grandfather, he was getting a little bit older, so he ended up handing me down his, his uh, crossbow. And that's a, a lot more easier and a, you're more confident when you squeeze the, the trigger on it that you're going to have meat on the ground versus, you know, Sure. Saying a prayer before you let that arrow go from the compound. So big yeah. goal is just to get out there and check that off the list that, hey, I did it. Yeah. You, you're about to trigger the uh, the infamous crossbow versus compound bow uh, debate. Yeah, we better hush hush. Many, many hunters have, you know, we all have our preferences. And uh, personally, you know, I love shooting the compound. I look at the, the crossbow and I see how it's changed the industry. And, uh, you know, so whenever they first came out, to me, it was like, well, that's just a, you might as well hunt a muzzleloader. It's a single shot rifle you know, sort of <laughs> thing. But I see how the crossbow has impacted the, the up and coming generation. It's made it easier for them to embrace the outdoor lifestyle. And so uh, I'm okay with it. I think that uh, uh, anything that we can do in the sport to encourage a, a next generation to embrace it, enjoy it, and, uh, you know, fully live the outdoor lifestyle. I think that it's, it's worth the, the look, at least to take a look at those type of things. So, yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I toss it in my mind back and forth because, um, you know, when I'm looking at the, the, you know, the bunk bed, figuring out, you know, am I going to take the compound out? or Am I going to take the crossbow? Mm -hmm. I'm constantly battling, like, do I want more of the challenge or more of a rewarding, you know, harvest if I get one or do I want easy and I think de it depends on the season whether you have luck early or not but uh I'm not here to say I'm no expert I wouldn't like to say I'm an amateur I'm a <laughs> healthy in between I got my fair share of deer at the end of the day I think uh it's just rewarding to know you know when you're cooking back straps you know with uh your side whether it's you know some vegetables and rice or macaroni just to know like hey I'm putting food on the table for the family yeah, I think like that's another part of this aspect of outdoor living, harvesting your own food. The cooking the meal and actually, uh, you know, harvesting it's one part, but then finding enjoyment in recipes. I did not cook growing up. You know, I had an older sister. Uh, you know, my mom was a good cook. My grandmother was a good cook. Uh, my wife is an excellent cook. I don't do a lot of cooking, but when it comes to deer meat when it comes to venison or fish and wild gamey types of foods i really love like making jerky making the bologna and finding recipes for that venison that and sharing that with other people because there are so many people that don't eat venison and uh it's like opening up a new world for them just keep your steak simple don't overcook it garlic salt pepper <laughs> montreal steak season y'all can thank me later <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's just dive into a few questions here and uh, yeah. and have a short conversation. I was wondering if you can maybe share one of your most memorable outdoor adventures with us and what made it so special. Ooh, that is that's a tough one because you know each are almost memorable in their own sense. 
I guess where where to start is where the hunting started for me. So, you know, my very first uh, kill, we're up in uh, our cabin and tippy top of the mountain. It's the weather up there is always bipolar. One side of the mountain will be very windy. It'll be misting or foggy, and the other side the sun will be poking out, and you almost want to have shorts and a tank top on. But as a kid, you know, you're we, we talked about this, you know, being cold. So I'm sitting there just trying to make my my old man proud, you know, toughing it out. And I, I still do it to be honest. Don't tell anybody, but I take naps in the woods. <laughs> you know, it's a peaceful, safe haven. But I took more as a kid. But to, taking a nap, uh, my dad's, you know, sitting a, a yard away from me and I get a tap on the shoulder to say, hey, there's deer coming, you know, get your gun up and get my gun up. And it turned out to be a pretty nice one. I see a nice rack, probably the, the biggest buck that I've seen in the woods to this date. But anyways, end up rushing the shot and took some bark off the tree. The deer ran off and we heard some gunshots shortly after on the other side of the hill. Uh, so I was defeated, you know, my opportunity to make my my dad proud, get a really big buck, have some bragging rights. There it was right in front of me, but you know, it's a little trigger happy, a little inexperienced, uh -huh. didn't take my time and I, I rushed a bad shot. Anyways, I think we hung out for another half hour and then we moped back to the cabin where it was nice and warm. So we warmed up for a little bit and that, I think that fueled me a little bit. I was motivated to get back out in the woods and maybe see that buck again or, you know, have that opportunity. So we went up and I remember it's, it's, the mist started to pick up, uh, a little bit of a sleet, and my dad suggested that wise man, he, know, he knew the other side was sunny, so we went over there, the wind wasn't blowing, it was calm, and it was like clockwork, it was half hour from once we got set up, this real big spike, <laughs> now, it, was just, it was just a small one, but it, it came walking through, and I took my time with the shot, I I pulled the trigger it it dropped rolled down that mountain about a hundred yards it's pretty steep up where we're at and we'll we'll get into stories later about future kills over there but sure, um, yeah but then you know being thrilled that you know i did it i did it with my dad present and it was you know my first ones you know if i i finally accomplished that so then we uh spent about three hours getting it processed and dragged up and to the meat pole Getting to the tippy top from the backside was tough. Downhill was a breeze. Yeah, yeah, I can speak from experience on that that particular hunting land. Um, be dragging them up from the backside. We will tell you some stories about that, and you know, and maybe some future episodes we can uh, talk about shooting those small deer or letting them pass. You know, because <laughs> I'm sure there's a, the whole community of hunters out there. We all have our opinions on letting them walk. And, uh, you know, that's how you grow big deer. But you know what? There's no shame in taking a small deer. No. If, uh, if that's your trophy, you know, some guys don't have time to put a month's worth of hunting in. You know, it's, you got a weekend that you got off of work or something like that. You take a day off of work. And if you have that opportunity, those small deer, they taste just as good, sometimes better than the, the old ones. So I uh, love hearing that story. Yeah, it's a very memorable one one of many that I won't forget and, you know, that I can share with others and share with those that were there. What, uh, what's a memorable story for you? Well, you know, it's like you said, there's, uh, so many memories and what's really important is that time spent with family. You can't recreate those moments. And so, you know, I think of the, when I go back to my first deer that I shot, it wasn't a buck, it was a doe and, uh, it was on the run. And I thought I had missed it. <laughs> and 
I guess this is a memorable moment. So I started telling it. I might as well tell the story. But, you know, I was walking one of those logging roads. <laughs> I was cold. I saw this doe like cruising and she wasn't just trotting. You know, she was like Mach 5, maybe three feet off the ground. And she was moving. And uh, I was hunting with a 30-odd six. And I pulled up and I I led the bead on her, put put it out in front and I, and I fired off and she kept on running. I thought, Oh, I missed, I missed, I missed. So, you know, I walked down to where the shot was and, uh, you know, just to see if there was any blood or anything and wasn't a whole lot of blood. And I was, I was defeated, but there's just white stuff all over the place. And so, uh, you know, when my hunting partner came out and, uh, he was, my mentor showed me, he said, where did you shoot that deer? Um, he said, that was the white hair from the belly of the deer. <laughs> so, my first uh, successful hunt was a gut shot, and uh, I learned really fast how awful that is, you know, and so shot placement, taking ethical shots, those type of things are so important, but that's how you learn. Yeah. You know, you learn from making mistakes, um, doing the wrong thing, you know. That's why I love archery hunting so much because, frankly, it's it's harder than rifle hunting. I agree. Have those deer get, you know, come within range and, you know, you got to beat their nose and um, scent control, et cetera. It's, it's a deeper challenge, but it's far more rewarding. So, yeah, I'd say that would be like one of the, one of the, my greatest memories. Um, and, you know, a lot of the memories aren't tied to the hunt itself, but it's tied to the stories of the trips to the camp. Yeah. You know, playing cards, staying up late, um, you know, getting up early. Uh, all those memories are, are really important. So really appreciate uh, story sharing with you today. Uh, I know that we're going to have a lot of more fun on up and coming episodes, but uh, this is just a little introduction into who we are. Um, we appreciate you hunting family for joining us today. Uh, we ask you to subscribe to Tracks and Tackle or give us a five-star rating. We're looking forward to sharing more episodes filled with captivating stories. I wouldn't say expert insights, but, you know, the guys that Insight. we have, we're going to give you some insights. And uh, we're just like you. We're no different than you. So uh, you can follow us on socials at Mensur Outdoors. And, um, yeah, and uh, we'll share with you in the upcoming episodes maybe a little bit about how we got started filming and uh, posting our content. And uh, it's really been a pleasure hanging out with you today. Yeah, Air Eagle, uh, beyond excited. We'll dive in, you know, keep sharing these stories about how wonderful, you know, the fishing, hunting, and outdoors world is. And excited to share it with our audience and, and long-term hopefully bring someone out away from their phone and away from their uh, comfortable living room watching TV to, hey, I want to try something different. I want to try something fun and challenging. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure and I uh, look forward to, to where we go with this. All right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Our goal with Tracks and Tackle is going to be to create community of outdoor enthusiasts who can come together to celebrate and learn from each other. I know I learn a lot from you. I'm sure that uh, you learn from me as a master teacher of the fine arts of being a woodsman. Um, I jest, but uh, we, we all have valuable tips that can enhance one another's outdoor pursuits. So with that, uh, hunting family, thanks for tuning in. Check in with us next time and be safe. Happy hunting.